Hello and welcome to chapter 17 of The King's Heir. When I heard their rifts close, I stood, pulling my mate to her feet and wrapping my arms around her. Roisin smiled, cupping my face with her hands. She looked me over for a moment before snaking her hands around behind my neck and pulling me into her. When our lips met, my entire being exploded with a fiery need for her. She must have felt it too based on the gasp that left her as my hand slipped beneath her shirt. I wasn't even sure how they'd gotten there, and frankly, I didn't care. I needed her. Now. Roisin pushed my jacket off my shoulders and tore open my button-down shirt beneath as I clumsily fumbled with the clasp on her pants. This wasn't working. We were both too eager to actually accomplish the task. I pushed her away a bit, surprised at how much it pained me to do so, and tore my clothes from my body. She took the hint and worked on her own attire as I closed the balcony shades and locked the bedroom door. Once there was nothing between us, I picked her up and laid her on the bed, moaning simply from the pleasure contact with her skin brought to me. I claimed Roisin as mine, over and over again until my muscles refused to move, and then I held her and sobbed. I'm not afraid to admit I cried. I finally felt whole. The thoughts of suicide were nowhere to be seen, and the pain I'd lived with for the better part of a decade was now replaced with the most amazing feeling of warmth and love. I kissed her until I fell asleep, whispering sweet praises and adorations to her through our freshly reestablished link. When I woke the next morning, I was surprised to find two pixies staring down at us curiously from the headboard of the bed. What? Do you think she'll like Rika? Trift whispered, obviously worried that our mates might not be compatible. Only one way to find out. I gently kissed Roisin's forehead and rubbed her shoulder. Her eyes fluttered open and she smiled at me, placing a gentle kiss on my lips. I didn't fail to notice that her emerald irises now held the same golden ring as my own. I returned her kiss before pointing up to our audience. Upon seeing the tiny onlooker, she blushed. I half expected her to hide beneath the sheets, but instead she reached out to Rika. The little teal pixie hopped from the headboard onto her hand, beaming from ear to pointed ear as their energies met. Roisin extended her soul to the little one, and formed a bond with her almost instantly. Trift was pleased, to say the least. He flitted about the room, excitedly talking about all the adventures the four of us were going to have together. How did you two even get in here? I asked, snuggling into my mate as she got to know her pixie. The window was open. Trift crunched on some bug he'd found in the stash I had in my bag. Kindly go back out the window? I grumbled, feeling the urge to consume my mate again rising in my loins. I didn't interrupt the two of you when you mated. He immediately stopped eating, a deep blush rising in his little green cheeks. Trift quickly grabbed Rika and pulled her towards the window as I kissed Roisin's neck. She moaned and I acted upon my impulse. I couldn't get enough of her, and I hoped I never would. It was late in the afternoon when we finally decided we were hungry enough to leave the bed. I struggled with the decision heavily. Food could wait. I needed her. She laughed and told me to stop being childish as we put on a pair of my sweatpants and a t-shirt. 
Roisin shoved me down into a seat of her choosing. My offer still stands, O'Sale. Ask her if she'd like to have her hearing. Artia spoke, and Roisin watched her lips intently. Roisin blinked a few times, her lips parting slightly as she processed what the angel had just said. She looked between me and Artia before settling on me. You don't need my permission, love. If you want it, tell her so. She chewed on her lip a moment before turning to Artia and nodding. The angel smiled and reached up, cupping my mate's face with her hands. I was surprised at how much that bothered me. I really didn't like that the woman who had toyed with my senses was touching my wife. Just like with Anthony, Roisin's entire body glowed with Artia's power as she corrected her inner ears. Unlike Anthony, I could feel the angels powering altering my mate's body. I was about to stop her actions when Dad kicked me under the table. Artia's energy won't remain in Roisin when she's finished. Just try to ignore it. His voice filled my mind. Easy for you to say. It's not your mate she's messing with. I chose to take my frustration out on him. He just chuckled, taking my mother's hand beneath the table. I noticed then that their pixies were missing. Where's Torkin and Seve? I asked aloud as Artia's power began to fade. Saying goodbye to Lisa. Mom offered the information as she watched the angel back away from my mate. I've invited her to be a board member for the school. I didn't think there were any open seats. I was genuinely confused now. To make sure your magic and worldly knowledge are up to par with the royal families, my mother stated in her classic no-nonsense fashion. You've missed out on a lot over the last seven years. I'm excited to learn. I spoke as she signed, enjoying the genuine smile on her face. After you two have had plenty of bonding time, Lisa has accepted her offer and is packing as we speak. She has left the shop to the nymph. Torkin flew between us, landing on my father's shoulder as Trift landed on mine. Seve hovered above my mother's plate, snatching up a treat before ascending to her perch. Esta seemed quite intrigued with her. I eyed the little orange pixie curiously. And just how did you get Esta into that shop? He wanted to meet Lisa. Trift spoke from deep within my hair. Said he wanted to pick her brain on a few things. You know how he gets around intelligent companion creatures. I watched as Rika joined us, a little out of breath from trying to keep up with her overly speedy kin. The tiny pixie landed in front of Roisin, approaching the fae timidly. My mate scooped her up, setting the little one on her shoulder with pride as she scolded Trift. You shouldn't leave your mate behind. That's rude. Trift pretended he didn't know sign language, but I know he would apologize to Rika later. He dug down into my hair and started nervously tying knots, and I instantly pulled him off my head, slipping him into the pouch of my sweatshirt. I really didn't want to have to cut mats out of my hair. I took Roisin's hand just as my father had taken my mother's. So, what loose ends do we have left to tie up? The biggest loose end is the sentencing that needs to be carried out. Dad looked at Roisin, a warm smile on his lips. But we'll worry about that later. Currently, Carlin is working to track down the families of the vampires. So far, they're all orphans. Or independent adults. That being said, Ben has remembered and is interested in coming to live at the palace. I told him I'd ask you. I don't see a problem with it. And what about you? I turned to my mate. She simply shrugged her shoulders as the waitress brought our food. That's settled then. 
What else? I turned back to my father. What about the child? Mom spoke up excitedly. Mora and Skiff took her in. You should have seen his face when she handed him that little girl. I've never seen the man so emotional. I felt relief for the child. Good. She'll be spoiled rotten by those two. Father began listing things off on his fingers. You've taken care of the Bandersnatch and the Fae. That wretched sword is finally gone. Lena was able to cleanse the lab of any trapped souls before it blew. I think a nail took care of the Wendigos. And I need to ask her about that, actually. Oh, Artia. What has become of Azazel's death? She sat back in her chair and popped her gum. His soul is being wiped clean. He'll be reinstated with a new life soon. Hopefully he makes better choices this time. That would be nice, my mom chuckled as Seve asked her for another snack. I noticed that Roisin, while she'd been paying close attention to the conversation, was also doting on her pixie. They were a good match. Both quiet, but certainly not afraid to speak their minds. Mom. I had a hard time taking off my eyes off my mate so that I could actually talk to her. Can I borrow your phone? I thought Lisa was fixing yours. What came of that? She asked Torkin as she handed me her phone. She said she'll bring it when she's finished packing, he answered. Oh, honey, Mom addressed my dad. We forgot about the Hydras. Dad laughed and spoke to me. You'd better tell your brother we haven't forgotten about him. I will, I said as I pulled up his messages. He doesn't seem to mind. He's sent about a thousand pictures of them. Looks like he's named them. Take a picture with me. I pulled Roisin in close and held the phone up as we smiled. We're pretty cute. Her response to the photo made me smile. I'd have to agree. But then again, I'm pretty biased. I replied through our link as I sent the picture to my siblings. Well, at least he's not upset. The phone buzzed as Mom took it. I watched her smile as she read the message. What? I loved my siblings, but if either of them had said anything rude about Roisin, I'd have no problem chewing them out. It's Evan. She sighed and started typing away. Mari, Maria, and Branson managed to set the greenhouse on fire. Good lord! Torkin groaned as Dad laughed. That nephew of yours is worse than Alfred! Do you think... Thanks, hon. Dad made a portal for her before she'd even started to ask the question. I'll see you at home. She stood, kissed his cheek, and stepped through to the academy. I could hear her start ordering people around as the portal closed. I should head out, too. Artia stood and stretched, smiling at my maid and I. It was a pleasure to meet you, Roisin. You better treat her well. She pointed her perfectly copper-painted fingernail at me, and I rolled my eyes, pulling my wife's chair close to my own. The angel laughed, and I tossed my arm around Roisin's shoulders, waving as she stepped through her rift into her own realm. As soon as she was gone, I turned my attention to Dad. Tell me about Verk. It would appear that Cyprian truly was his father. Dad pushed several uneaten dessert fruits around on his plate with his fork. Neither of us seemed to care for them. Viscount Verk married a woman of low morals, who became infatuated with her husband's magically talented friend. We already knew that Cyprian was morally corrupt, and Phyllis couldn't have children, so he likely saw the affair as a way to gain a child. Didn't you go to school with Joseph, though? How can he still be so young? I asked. I know you have a brain in that head, Osail, Torkin snapped. Oh, 
Right. I protectively placed my hand over the warm lump in my pocket. I forgot about that. Forgot about what? How would someone stave off aging? Roshin asked me through our link. I sighed, but gave her the short answer. By eating pixies. My mate's eyes grew wide and her hand came to her mouth as the color drained from her face. She gently took Rika from her shoulder and protectively held the little pixie to her chest. I had had a similar reaction the first time Dad had told me about the potion Cyprian used to stay alive for so long. Father stood. If the two of you are finished eating, now would be a great time to carry out our sentencing. I stood, offering my hand to my wife, who took it instantly. Charges, just so we're on the same page. Why do you think fate let me off so easily? His eyebrows shot up in interest. How intriguing. He didn't speak again until we'd reached his room. Roshin, as the royal whom the crimes were committed against, you have the right to carry out the sentencing. His sentence is death. I answered the question she signed. May I propose a different sentencing? She said through our link, stunning me with her question. You don't feel he's deserving of death? My father dropped his key when I said it, turning to look at my mate in astonished horror. It seems to... She snapped her fingers as she searched for the right word. Easy. Like he's escaping a true punishment. Then what do you have in mind? The fact that I was entertaining her request did nothing to calm my father. You can't be serious. He stared at the two of us in disbelief. I want him to feel the same pain we felt. Roshin was nervous about conflicting with my father's judgment. He tortured us for seven years, Osail. I think he should endure the same pain. I have to agree. I looked away from my nervous wife to meet my father's furious gaze. She wants to inflict the same pain he caused us for the same length of time. For his crimes, death seems too sweet a sentence. Dad stared at us, his anger slowly subsiding as he thought the option over. Eventually, he turned to his pixie, Torkin. Go find some black tourmaline. That might take a while. We're not at home where such stones are readily available, the pixie responded slowly. Dad opened a small portal for the pixie and he laughed, zipping off to fetch the stone. He returned a few seconds later with a large chunk of black crystal. The knackers were more than happy to oblige. They were never a fan of Mr. Verk. Father took the stone from him and retrieved his key from the floor. This will be interesting, to say the least. We followed him inside. Joseph stood in the corner of the room, held captive by one of my father's barriers. He was definitely more bruised than when I'd last seen him. Well, Joseph, your sentence has been altered. You've been granted seven years of misery instead. Dad set the stone on the floor before the man as he spoke. Fate trash. Joseph spit on the floor. Whatever prison you place me in won't hold me. Says the man who's currently behind my barrier. Dad chuckled and stepped towards him. Joseph Verk, for the crimes against my people, I sentence your soul to seven years of torture at the hands of Roshin Bria. 
I watched with fascination as my father ripped the man's soul from his chest and placed it inside the crystal. Joseph's body fell to the floor with a hard thud. I could tell Roshin found the sight quite satisfying to watch. The stone shone brightly with the man's blue energy for a few seconds before dimming. Father then picked it up and handed it to her. Roshin studied the rock for a moment, holding it up to the light with a wicked grin. In that instant, I realized I had a lot to learn about my mate. I had a feeling she could be just as short-tempered and fiery as myself. Satisfied that she would take good care of the stone, Father turned back to the corpse that lay on the floor. With a wave of his hand, the body burst into green flame. Within seconds, there was nothing left of the man, not even a grease stain on the carpet. Dad then took out his checkbook and wrote an astronomical amount for the hotel bill. I'm sure it was well over the actual amount accrued, but he had always been generous. He tore off the check and handed it to Torkin, and the pixie delivered it with haste. Pack your things. Dad smiled at us with his hands on his hips. It's time for us to go home. This concludes Chapter 17 of The King's Heir. I hope you enjoyed this reading, and I hope you return for the epilogue. Thank you, and have a wonderful day.